0: This is the Jet Centric Podcast, your home for Winnipeg Jets. Talk, thoughts, and takes.
1: Hey there, Jets fans, and welcome back to the Jetcentric centric podcast. My name is AJ, one of your hosts. This is episode nine. Uh, it was originally supposed to be part of episode eight, but uh, it, this interview was didn't happen. and wasn't ready in time to be part of the same uh, episode. So make sure you check out all of our episodes, but uh, at the beginning of episode eight, I tell you all about some of the future plans and some of the guests we're going to have on. And uh, definitely check out John Malloy uh, talking about restricted free agents in Episode 8. Um, this episode, though, uh, again, Episode 9, uh, is me interviewing Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald and of uh, College Hockey Today podcast. Uh, we talked a lot about Tucker Pullman. That was sort of the crux of uh, the, the interview, as well as his brother and some small-skilled defensemen in college hockey in general and a little bit about the Jets organization, too, and the, and the tie-ins to uh, the Pullman family. So anyhow, hopefully you enjoy it, and uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. Okay. All right. So, uh, Jets fans, I am here talking today with Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald and of the College Hockey Today podcast. Uh, Brad, so much uh, thanks so much for doing this, taking the time.
0: Yeah, good to chat with you finally.
1: Yeah, it, it, I, I'm looking forward to it because I, I look forward to some of the, the insight that you have. Specifically, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Tucker Pullman, uh, obviously a Jets player, but he played down in UND. So you definitely had lots of opportunity to uh, to watch him play and skate. And in fact, today you, you, you saw Tucker skate today with some some boys down at the Ralph.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I mean, I've been watching Tucker play since he played high school hockey uh, how many years ago, but yeah, he um, right now they're having a pro camp uh, in town here. And uh, he's skating with a, a lot of the former UND players, uh, some uh, guys that uh, he was on the 2016 national championship team with Paul do with LA Kings, Jordan Schmaltz of the blues, Nick Schmaltz of uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Keaton Thompson's in the uh, Anaheim Ducks organization. You know, Luke Johnson, uh, Christian Willannon plays for the Senators um i could go on for a while but there's quite a few uh former north dakota players here that are playing pro and uh they're kind of having a week-long camp that uh matt's maybe is running uh he's a former defenseman and captain here at und he played for uh the tampa bay lightning for a number of years and um you know he's back here now in town and and finishing out his degree he played at north dakota for three years so he's uh um, finishing uh, school and he's uh, helping out with uh, some of the, the stuff and he's running those guys through drills. So uh, Tucker's one of the guys that's uh, here working out and uh, getting ready for the season.
1: Well, it certainly <laughs> sounds like uh, UND has no shortage of uh, rich hockey history there with all the names that you mentioned and the organizations that they're they're tied with. That's a pretty pretty cool list of uh, players and, and, again, where they, they've ended up too. So UND got a great program sure. going on there, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, some of the – if uh, some people listening aren't aren't familiar with some of the other names that uh, you could throw out there of guys that played here, um, you know, Zach Parisi of the Minnesota Wild, uh, T.J. Oshie from the uh, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Washington Capitals, uh, Jonathan Taves, uh, Travis Sajak, Drew Stafford. Um, you know, it's, I could probably go on for a while with, yeah. with some of these guys, Brock Besser. Yeah. Uh, was on that 2016 national title team, and I'm I'm not sure if Brock's going to be skating tomorrow now with the guys or not, but uh, he's done with his uh, beauty league stuff, so you know there's a chance we'll see him up here uh, skating with Tucker too. And uh,
1: you you forgot to mention Drake Kajula, and I know there's friends of mine that will listen to this. Yeah, and they will be uh, remiss if they know that I didn't point <laughs> out that you missed Drake Kajula because uh, I'm I'm yes. a fan. So <laughs> I wish that he wouldn't and have another uh, memory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Another member of that for 2016 sure. team, um, they were pretty good. Yeah, that was <laughs> the top line to was uh, Drake Kachula, Nick Schmaltz, and Brock Besser. And then uh, their D core uh, in, in the national championship game uh, of the six guys that played uh, D that night, five of them were in the NHL within two years. Wow. So uh, pr- pretty, uh, pretty legit uh, D core when you're, Sixth slash seventh defenseman is uh, in the NHL within two years of that game. So that is, they were good.
1: That, that is crazy. That is sure crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I- and, and for Jets fans, um, that is part of the reason Tucker Pullman was playing forward. You know, I, I heard that a lot from Jets fans. Remember early in his career at UND his freshman year, he was playing a bit of forward. And, and, and a lot of Jets fans were like, what's going on? Why is this guy playing forward? Well, part of it was they were so deep at defense. Um, and they lacked some offense up front. So they actually moved, um, Tucker to forward and, uh, they needed some offense up there and he, he did provide it. Uh, they played the regional that year in Fargo and, uh, both Chevy and Zinger came down to watch that regional. And, and I think on the first shift, Tucker had a big hit. The second shift, he stole the puck and set up a goal. And, um, needless to say, I'm sure they were absolutely loving that.
1: Well, that, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the Chevy thing, because uh, you, you may remember the conversations that we had uh, over the last <laughs> few years when I'd come down and watch uh, UND games. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you said that Steffi was in the building uh, semi-often uh, to, for some of those home games there. I mean, yeah. I, I think I came down maybe five times over a two year period. And every time I'd send you a message and it was like, Chevy was in the building. Is there, you
0: know,
1: like, <laughs> was, was it just proximity or is there something about Tucker Pullman that the organization, the jets organization was really, really fond of or like what, what was going on there? It seemed yeah. like he was in the building quite a bit. So.
0: Well, I think three things, I think every time you came down, it happened to be one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> so I, if you like cross paths with them. Number two, proximity absolutely has something to do with it. Um, it's very easy to get uh, Grand Forks and Winnipeg back and forth. In fact, uh, I did that for every playoff game. I, I would come up, cover the playoff game, and drive home afterwards. It, it, as you know, it's it's not a, a real difficult drive. Um, and, and on top of that, uh, it, he was a prospect that they were very intrigued about. You know, if if you're um, if you're Chevy. You're not going to make that drive if you're not intrigued by this guy. Yeah. Uh, so he was definitely a guy they uh, they've been interested in and uh, they've had him on their radar and I, I think uh, they like him a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so now, Brett, uh, I think it was about a year, year and a half, maybe two years ago now, you wrote a, an article that's often cited uh, that's sort of like a Tucker Pullman origin story. Uh, he has an interesting path to the NHL. I was wondering if you could kind of uh, debrief uh, fans that don't already know the story <laughs> yeah. of what, what kind of went on with his, his thing. And one thing I mentioned to you uh, that, that you didn't actually know, but was that I think he got an invite, I don't know if he came, To the Selkirk Steelers of the MJHL up here, but uh, I can't remember where I heard that and I wish I could do it. And uh, once I find it, I'll send it to you. But everything else, uh, that's that's as much as I know, you know, the rest. So I was wondering, yeah, if you could uh, elaborate a little bit for us.
0: Well, when he was a sophomore in high school, he was like, or maybe it was his freshman year. He was like a five foot seven forward. So he was playing forward. He ended up moving to D and and in high school, he was always just a really solid defenseman. I always really liked the way he played. Um, Nobody got around him. He did the little things really well. Uh, He wasn't super dynamic or offensive. And uh, you know, a a lot of the high end guys, they won't play high school their senior year. They'll kind of go to the USHL, go play juniors to get ready for college. Well, Tucker played through his senior year And then um, the really interesting part comes then is because he's done with high school. He starts looking for junior teams. Um, Nobody in the USHL was interested in Tucker. Um, No one was giving him a roster spot. So he went to uh, the Tier 2 Junior League, the North American Hockey League. He couldn't find any place in the North American League for a while that would take him. In fact, there was one team um, where... He uh, was signing up for a tryout, to go try out. And the coach even told him, you know, as a favor, don't bother coming because you have no chance at making the team. I don't want you to drive all this way and spend money to come here and even bother trying out when you're, you just aren't going to make the team. Uh, um, and, and finally, uh, Tucker was going to his last – he kind of spent the summer bouncing around with his dad. Um, who is the athletic trainer for the men's hockey team. And, and they were going from these camp to camp, and it was always bad news. No, no one had a spot for them. And they were driving to Chicago, which is about 11 hours, 12-hour drive from Grand Forks. And uh, this was the last one they were going to go on. It was for Wichita Falls, a team in Texas in the North American league. And uh, his dad told me that they kind of had the conversation in the car on the way there. If, if Wichita Falls, um, if he doesn't have a roster spot there, that Tucker just going to go to school. Tucker had already applied to UND um, and he was prepared just to go to school and give up hockey. Um, uh, fortunately, Uh, Paul Baxter was the head coach for Wichita Falls. Uh, Liked what he saw, offered him a spot, and Tucker said, hey, I'll go to Wichita Falls for a year and see what happens. Well, he, he ended up having a great year. He grew a couple inches, and all of a sudden, USHL teams were interested in him. So he ended up going to Omaha the following year, and right away he blew up that year. And all of a sudden, everyone was... After him, the colleges started calling. Um, you know, UND was really interested in him. He was actually, I think, he was thinking about going to Minnesota Duluth because he wasn't sure how it would be with his his dad here and everything like that. Um, UND convinced him to come, and uh, you know the the you know actually he played a second year, a junior, I should say that, and then I think that's when. I'm trying to remember. Maybe the Jets drafted him after his first year of junior. Um, but anyways, uh, he, Tucker wasn't on any draft boards that year. Nobody was talking about him like, "Hey, this guy might get drafted." Um, but um, Winnipeg uh, ended up uh, seeing him, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, the scout that ended up seeing him was Max Gacy who is um, who was with Chicago in the USHL. And I think he had tried to get Tucker to go to Chicago before. So he had a long history there and um, the jets drafted him. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I, I think right away, they were um, hopeful that they had a really good prospect. And when Tucker came to UND, I, I think uh, that was confirmed. And, you, you know, even his first year at UND, when he was playing forward, um You could tell that there were some special talents there and that, uh, you know, he was going to be a future NHL player. And uh, he established that his second and third year and was super dominant. And, um, you know, now uh, here he is uh, in the NHL, a guy who was maybe one tryout away from not playing hockey anymore and just going to school. And uh, just a, a crazy story. Yeah.
1: No, did you write an article actually about that scout as well? The sort of the max easy story. I I
0: didn't, I I tweeted it. I I saw there was was a a paper in Wisconsin that uh, wrote kind of an interesting piece about him. And and I knew that he was the guy who um, had drafted or uh, who was, uh, who had scouted Tucker in the USHL. And so, um, yeah, that was an interesting story, but you know, I I think uh, uh, obviously the Jets' uh, their success this year was due in large part to very good drafting, yeah. and uh, you know Tucker is uh, in that group.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I remember actually just. Uh, asking you before he had signed with the Jets like uh, obviously after he was drafted and there was some people speculating that maybe he wouldn't sign with the Jets because he could uh, look at free agency and uh, one of the things that you said to me I said do you think that Tucker Pullman will sign and you said yes and that was all you said and then I said well why what what makes you think that and he says because he's Tucker Pullman and I'm just kind of curious I don't know if you remember, remember this conversation but it was an interesting thing to say because obviously you were speaking to something about his character and stuff and the the backstory that you're giving of sort of this um, kind of take it right to the very end the you know the resilience yeah. and stuff like obviously you know had things not worked out then the decisions made for you but it, it seemed like he knocked on every door to make things happen so I'm, ju- I'm just curious about yeah. his character and all that was that sort of like uh, him signing with the Jets and not going through free agency sort of uh, part of his character that you even saw and knew of his backstory even up to that point that would make you say something like that yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it was super funny because I was I don't remember having that conversation with you because I had so many conversations with people from Winnipeg about this topic and uh, you know I, I even went on a couple of radio shows I, I can't remember whose show I was on uh, up in Winnipeg and they were you know is he gonna sign and I'm like well yeah and they were like really I'm like yeah you know uh, and that's just what was knowing Tucker and his personality um, the, great family. I, I think if if you ever hear anyone bring up the Pullmans, that will be everyone's first comment is what a great family they are. And and Tucker is a, um, his personality is he's he's a very um, low key guy, uh, very laid back. He's doesn't like attention. And you see what happens when someone does the Jimmy VC. Yeah. Um, remember how much attention was on that. Yep. Um, when that Tucker would hate that, he would absolutely hate that. Like, um, you know, it's just not his personality. Like he's he's a guy who I I, I think he's he handles attention well, but it's not something he enjoys right um you know i I almost want to say he's very different than dustin bufflin so i don't want to compare him to dustin bufflin because their personalities are different right but you know how dustin bufflin could could just kind of do without some of the media stuff and just want to play hockey right um tucker's super polite and he will do any interview you ever want him to do but if there was really no attention and he was just playing hockey with his friends, you know, I think that's what he likes to do. Yeah. So, um, I, I, there, there's just no way Tucker would have ever been comfortable with the, um, you know, a Jimmy VC situation where, you know, he's the center of attention and you know, why, you know, why are you doing that? You know, they, that's just not Tucker. Right. And so I was super confident that, um, he would end up signing with Winnipeg, and uh, and he did.
1: You know, I, I think it's actually very funny to me that you bring up Bufflin because uh, I'd never kind of actually tried to make the connection about their personalities or the way that they would <laughs> handle the media, but there is obviously some parallels there. But yeah. uh, my good friend Brian, he often called um, – Pullman, a poor man's Bufflin. And it's funny <laughs> yeah. because I pointed yeah. that out to him because now like, I want to kind of move on, not necessarily the personality part, but as far as their skill set, I think a lot of Winnipeggers that haven't seen UND games or seen enough of Tucker Pullman don't really know what the Winnipeg Jets have in him. And you having watched him quite a bit and me as much as I've been able to, you know, a dozen games or something. Um, I, I'm curious if you could speak to his skill set because at <laughs> yeah. college, I know it's a little bit different. He's playing pretty safe and cautious in the NHL, but... Uh, I remember seeing him lead the rush. I remember seeing him like yeah. lay guys out. I remember s- s- watching him uh, be a bit of a rover and roaming around, kind of watching things develop the way I see Bufflin play. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a-, a lot of parallels to what he did in college uh, and how he played to how we're used to seeing Dustin Bufflin. And people haven't really seen that offensive upside of Pullman yet. They just sort of see yes. him safe. And I'm curious if you can maybe speak to – uh, who is this guy and, and what is his skill set and uh, how it can potentially transfer into his NHL career now?
0: For sure. Um, first of all, p- the, the personality part, I would say, you know, how Dustin, you know, just doesn't always do media, yeah. <laughs> um, whatever yeah. that that part's not Tucker. Tucker will always do whatever they ask him to do, right? Um, he, he's just more more shy than other guys, a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Um, he's certainly grown in that area he's different than he was maybe a few years ago and I think being in the NHL he's gotten used to it but um, as far as his on the ice stuff yeah when he was at North Dakota I mean his junior year especially he was below the goal line an awful lot yeah. <laughs> um, you know he, he kind of um, I almost think his freshman year at college he, he didn't know how good he was yet um I think it took a while for him to to learn how good he was. That hey, if I want the puck, I can just go take it from this guy. Right. Hey, I can just skate around all these guys if I want to do it. Um and, and really, I, I think that's why it was important for him to come back to school for his junior year. Because when he came back for that third year is where you saw him really develop that part of his game. And um, you know, he really did do what he wanted to do <laughs> yep. um, that year. Uh, he does have some offense to his game. Um, his first and foremost, his strength is he, he's a very good skater for a guy of his size. He's good with his stick, um, and he he's establishing that really good, reliable defensive game. And I think you will see some more offense with him. He does have it in him. He's got a pretty good stride. He has a, a bomb from the point. I, I think that's something you will see uh, more if he has a chance to get off that big shot from the point. Um, he can really hit it. And, and it's not that he always scores with it, but a lot of times in college, goalies had a really tough time controlling the rebound of his big point shots. They didn't know where the rebounds were going. Um, and, and that created a lot of chaos uh, down low. So he is a guy that, that has the ability to add more offense. And, and I do think he will, he, when he gets put in a more offensive role with Winnipeg, he's, he really didn't have that role this year. Um, we'll see how much he develops into that role as, his career goes on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we both can't talk, but we've seen it with him and it's be interesting <laughs> to see what that, if that can translate, if he gets the trust to yeah. be able to show that offensive side of his game. Cause it's a, uh, it's, it was uh, pretty, pretty fun to watch. And uh, also just to make another comparison, he wore three, Buffalo wears 33. They're both assistant captains, both right hand. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a couple more things that I can compare, but that's just me being silly. But uh, anyhow, uh, I'm curious uh, about the, this last year with the jets were you surprised by his usage coming out of training camp and during training camp uh, a lot of media and coaches and everyone spoke very very highly of his game but uh he didn't become really a regular part of the lineup and i think some people maybe thought he would have been given that he's 24 years old and a very mature rookie uh were you surprised that he didn't stick up with the big club uh and Um, and got sent down or not not so much
0: well not totally based on who, just look who they have on the right side. Like you, you've got buff there. You've got Truba there. Um, and um, Myers. Myers. Yeah. So that's, that's a tough three, three uh, right-handed D to crack right there. I, I know they put him on the left side a little bit uh, and Tucker did do that at North Dakota. So I think that was another great part of his development. Um, he, he was forced to play the left side at, t- uh, uh, quite a bit of time at North Dakota on the left side. So that's something that he, it wasn't foreign to him and that probably helped him. But, um, I, I think basically it had to do with, uh, uh, on most other teams in the NHL. Is he an everyday player? Yeah. Um, is he ready to be an everyday player? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought when we saw him, he had, to, that, that's pretty difficult to sit out for a while and then jump in the middle of a playoff series. And, and he had to do that against Minnesota. Um, you know, Myers was out. Was it Truba that that was out, too, for a, a game or two? I'm trying to remember. But he Tucker had to jump in um, for games four and five of that series, and he did not look out of place at all. Uh, I thought he was really good in game five. Uh, He was generating, he was confident, he was stepping up in the neutral zone and intercepting passes. He did not sit back. I I, I thought he looked like a guy that was ready to go um, and and was ready to have more ice time. And I I think last year was just simply a case of uh, the Jets had great right-handed shot defensemen and the Jets were really, really good. Right. And when you're winning, you're not going to change anything. And so, um, they, you know, it, had he been on uh, most other teams in the NHL, yeah, he would have been a regular guy. Uh, do the Jets want to get him more ice time? Do they know he has to play? Yes, they do. And I think that's part of the reason they sent him down. They said, look, we need this kid playing. And so they, they did send him down for a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I do th- know that the Jets uh, – uh, think that he's going to be a big part of their future and that's probably why they signed him to a three-year deal and, and not just a one or two year here uh this off season yeah I'm and it's a one-way on by it. the way
1: yeah. yeah right yeah I'm definitely excited to, to see him in the lineup because obviously watching him at UND I've, I'm an instant fan of him as a jet right it just kind of makes sense and, and I, yeah. I think uh having seen him and, and read you know uh, what you've written about him before even talking today, uh, I feel like they, they have a gem there and most people don't realize <laughs> how good he can in- yes. be just a very solid player and so that's that's exciting to have uh, there's not too many weaknesses in his game and he seems uh very capable of of learning and fixing his weaknesses too as has been shown like you said throughout his his career and sort of um what he did in his first years at uh at uh college to even go play forward right so yeah that's uh yeah it's cool i mean a, a great Island, so
0: a great team guy a great guy you know um that you know fans will love to cheer for um, one thing that's always interesting I find out is, you know, when I start tweeting stories out about players and you can see what happens to the traffic and anytime you tweet something about Tucker Pullman, um, the entire city of Grand Forks retweets it, favorites it, or reads the story because we can tell by our traffic numbers. And that's because people really like Tucker Pullman as, as a person. Yeah, And so, um, you know, I think he's an easy guy for Jets fans to cheer for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll move on from Tucker Pullman because I don't want to keep you up too late here. But uh, on to his brother, uh, Colton Pullman has uh, turned into mm-hmm. a very formidable uh, young defenseman. And uh, this summer, I guess he went out to the Vancouver Canucks uh, development camp and had some time there. Yep. Do, do you have any um, idea of how that went for him? Or, or even just I'll, I'll just kind of leave you with. Colton Pullman. You could say whatever you like. I'm I'm curious about what his yeah. uh, uh, pro career uh, potential could be, and uh, why why was he not invited to the men, uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, development camp? That's what I wanted to see. So,
0: Any other? oh, well, I'm I'm I guarantee you he was invited. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I guarantee you he was invited each of the last two years. Right. Um, right. Uh, the Jets are very aware of Colton Pullman. They they like Colton Pullman a lot. So. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, every season there are a handful of college players who NHL circles start hearing about as that coveted free agent guy that everyone's looking to sign. You know, like Daniel Brickley from Minnesota State Mankato last year. Um, you know, uh, I could you know probably go through the the list of several of them. Well, I, I think Colton Pullman's going to be one of those guys this year. Uh, A lot of teams are going to be coming and watching him. And a lot of teams are going to be lining up after the season to try to sign him. He's different than Tucker. He's um, he's not as big, so he doesn't have quite the range. He doesn't have that um, bomb from the point that Tucker does. But he's still an extremely competitive guy, rarely loses uh, puck battles. He's got some flash to his game offensively. And I knew he did. But even I was surprised at how much offense he ended up adding last year as a sophomore. I figured maybe we would see that as a senior. So he's even ahead of the curve of where I thought he was going to be. And, you know, he was a really dominant defensive defenseman, too. Uh, I, I remember actually. Colton's freshman year he was playing on the second and third pairing Tucker was playing on the first pairing um, they went to Christmas they were down a couple guys from the world juniors and Brad Berry said you know what we're going to put the freshman up on the first pair D and uh, they went out to Union who had a really good top line including uh, Vecchione who's now with the Flyers um, Fu, did he sign with Edmonton I think maybe I, I'm um, not sure so- it was a loaded top line that had been, they had, you know, Vecchione I think was the Hobie front runner at the time. He had a long point streak and Colton and Tucker went and completely shut them down. And I think that was the first time uh, everyone said, Holy cow, Colton played against Vecchione and Foo Line and he completely held his own and was never out of place and totally shut those guys down. And I think that's the first time we were like, okay, he's going to be really good. And uh, I I think even um, like I said, he's even been better, um, you know, than I had projected where he would be. So he's going to be a guy that gets tons of offers. Like I said, he's different than Tucker. He's, he's not quite as tall and rangy and doesn't have that shot, but he does have some offensive flair. He's really good defensively um and and he's going to be a heck of a player too
1: yeah i've really loved everything that i've seen from him and again as und slash jets fan i'd love to see him in the the same organization but yeah uh, that'll be up and i wouldn't
0: read too much i I wouldn't read too much into him going to vancouver's camp right i I think it was a i i like. um vancouver seems like a cool city i'm going to go out there for a few days and um you know go to camp you know i Uh, I I know a lot's made out of like where these free agents go to camp and the number of like UND guys that were free agents that signed on the team. They went to camp with is actually not very big. So, um, you know, a lot of fans are are reading into that. Um, who knows where he's going to end up, but, um, he's a, he's a very smart, thoughtful kid. Um, he's actually a kid that he's uh, constantly reading. Um, and he's just really smart So he's he's going to do his research On all these teams And he's going to find the right pick for him
1: Right well, that's uh, that's encouraging. No, although I don't I don't appreciate you telling me not to to just uh, make a, a, a mountain out of a molehill. That's like one of the funnest things to do. So I wanted, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to read it. I wanted to read into it. So um, anyhow, uh, yeah. we'll move on uh, here. So that that's great. Thank you for that about Colton. But uh, now just talk to UND because I'm sure there's other UND fans in Winnipeg besides myself. You know that there is for sure a lot of people come down. Yeah. I'm just curious, uh, w- what can we look forward to this next season with uh, UND? How are th- how are they looking and shaping up? What do you think they're
0: going to do? Yeah, especially for NHL fans, there's there's going to be a lot of prospects that come through in the next several years. Um, it, it starts out this year with um, Jacob Bernard Docker and Johnny Tyconic coming in on the back end. They are the first and second round picks of the Ottawa Senators this year. Um, some highly touted defensemen. Bernard Docker may be more of a, a defensive defenseman, uh, I say that because um, uh, that's what the scouting reports tell me. He scored 20 goals last year as a blue liner wow. um, in, in the uh, AJHL, and his like scoring line was like 20 goals, 21 assists. Not a common line you see from defensemen. No. So he obviously has some sort of offensive flair to his game, um, and, and and I think I don't think you draft just to shut down D-man in the first round. You know, I think you got to have some of that. Um, Tyconic's the guy who, uh, you know, he's active, uh, very offensive guy. So those two are coming in with, uh, quite a bit of praise, uh, Jasper Weatherby's a, a Sharks draft pick late bloomer, big six, four kid. Um, you know, he may take a little bit to get adjusted to college game, but he's going to have some eyes on him. Uh, Grant Mismash is a a Nashville Predators pick. He had a really good freshman year. Uh, I think UND is going to look for him to be a little bit more consistent this year, but um, he has some, some high end potential. And uh, you know, I I think when you look at uh, some of the guys that are going to be coming in over the next several years here, um, you're going to have some, some really high end prospects coming through. And um, so that might be fun for uh, some fans in Winnipeg to come down and, uh, watch UND and to see some guys who will probably be playing uh, in the NHL uh, down the road here.
1: Yeah. Well, for anyone who hasn't come down, they definitely should. Uh, I've Once I did it, I just knew I was hooked and just knew I had to do that uh, yeah. every year. And I, and I have Jets season tickets with a group of people. But uh, yeah, UND is uh, definitely a fun place to watch some some uh, hockey. I, oh, I was thinking uh, just kind of back to our conversation uh, earlier about um, – you know, some great players that have made it to the NHL. We, we both uh, kind of passed over Tyson Jost, too, who is now playing yeah. in Colorado. <laughs> There's like just another one, right? It's just, the, the list just goes yeah. on and on and on, right? So um, it's, a, it's a fun list. But uh, you, you mentioned uh, you're talking about the, the defenseman that had the 20 goals and 21 assists. Uh, I was wondering, actually, just kind of to wrap up here, I'm uh, curious if you can speak to uh, the, uh, I don't know, the trend of small offensive skilled defensemen uh just sort of leading their teams in points I I know the NCHC uh had a lot of that I I remember listening to the podcast I think it's about the halfway mark and I think there was like three teams where the leading point getters were all defensemen and they were all under six feet tall and like there is there's lots going on there and those you know that's the future of the NHL those players coming up so I'm just curious if you could speak to that that trend at all and, and what you've seen in in your conference especially
0: yeah, I think that's a trend that's been going on um, more and more in the hockey world, especially uh, at the NHL level. I think the NCAA has has a fairly strong history of having guys that play that way, but you know the the traditional lineup maybe even at UND um, fifteen years ago may have been to have just you know those big lumbering physical defensemen, and the game has changed now. Um, I don't know if you can uh, play at a high level if you can't skate really well, if you can't uh, move the puck. you know uh, It's so hard to score goals that uh, the uh, offensive units have kind of become five-man units in the offensive zone. You really need to be able to use your defenseman uh, if you're going to score goals. So uh, I think uh, that's the trend. Um, you've seen a, a lot of guys who fit that mold uh, play in college and you're seeing more and more of them go to the NHL, you know, r- right offhand. One of the guys that you think of is Shane Goss despair for, um, you know, he union college. And now the flyers is a small dynamic guy uh, currently in the league. Minnesota Duluth has a kid named Scott Perunovich. Uh He, I think he led them in scoring. He was most of the year. I don't know if someone passed him at the very end, but um he's a small guy the blues ended up drafting him this year i think in the second round and uh he he just makes plays all over the ice um you know the denver has a kid named ian mitchell who's coming up he might be listed at six feet uh-huh. um but he he's a very dynamic guy um yeah i, I just think that's it's kind of fits with the trend of hockey that, um, now all of a sudden you don't need to be that six foot four physical guy to play in the NHL. Um, it's become more and more of a skating game. College for sure, uh, is a skating game. And so you're seeing the evolution of the decor. I remember, um, the first year I covered a frozen Four, North Dakota, um, had a bunch of, that that was their decor. They had Matt Green, who, you know, he won two Stanley Cups with the Kings, who had absolutely punishing uh, defensive uh, player. You had Matt Smaby, Andy Schneider. Um, you, You go down their list, and the guys they had were those big, physical, tough defensemen. And then you look at their 2016 National Championship team, They were all puck movers. (laughs) Um, You basically didn't have that intimidate. You you know, Gage Osmus, you probably had one guy uh, that played that style, and the other five were all puck movers. And and I think that's kind of where the game is going. You know, maybe 15 years ago, you had five punishing defenders and one puck mover. Now you have five puck movers and one punishing guy. So um, it's just a, a trend. And Um, I I think you're seeing it at at, uh, the NHL level now. And so they're coming to college because that's where you see a lot of these guys playing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely been interesting development and I've kind of been listening, definitely listened to the podcast that you're a part of the college Mm -hmm. hockey podcast. And uh, when you guys talked about that, uh, you know, uh, you just kind of realize uh, how much it's been happening and how much it's changed. And it's, uh, uh, in my opinion, it's changed definitely for the, for the better. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I thought, you know what, I have you here. I'm going to ask because you mentioned Minnesota Duluth uh, two different times. Um, Just for Jets fans, I was wondering if you could uh, actually just mention anything, any thoughts about Dylan Sandberg, because I'm sure you've seen him come through town and uh, being in the same conference. Uh, I'm sure you're uh, quite familiar with with him and his uh, time. Uh, playing against the uh, UND. So I was just curious if you have any, any, any words to add about Dylan Sandberg. I wasn't going to do this to you, but uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I, I got you on right now. And uh, so why not? Yeah,
0: he's um, he really had a, a, a good freshman year where he um, really developed, uh, you know, early in the season, you know, I think he was kind of finding his way uh, late in the season. I think he really found his game and, you know, I, you know, I had seen him play at the high school level at the state tournament, and he was such an offensive player at the state tournament that I didn't realize how good he was defensively until this year. Um, you know, he's he's just a, a big guy who could, who really plays well on his own end. And that's something I was like, wow, you know, I I knew he was an offensive guy, but I didn't know he was this good as a shutdown guy um and, and now I think that it's kind of like the Tucker Pullman development um he had a really good year defensively uh, now for me the question is uh, I'm going to be really curious to see how much offense he's able to add to his game because I think he started sprinkling more in at the end of the year last year and, and I think that part is going to come uh, as his college career progresses
1: yeah I'm definitely excited to watch his development too It's uh, been a lot of fun just already since he's been drafted. I didn't know much about him before, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been uh, an interesting one. Anyhow, Brad, uh, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun for me, probably uh, with too much fun. Uh, I'm a big (laughs) fan of of, uh, your work and uh, your time on the podcast. Uh, Can you just let our listeners know where they could find some of your, your work and uh, yeah, listen to you as well again.
0: For sure. You know, it'll be at uh, a grandforksherald.com. Uh, you should be able to find uh, a lot of uh, North Dakota hockey stuff. And uh, because college hockey is um, so popular here as a whole, uh, we don't just cover North Dakota hockey. We cover stories uh, across the college hockey uh, community. So um, hopefully we'll uh, be doing that again this year.
1: And uh, you're on the Twitterverse as well? at
0: uh, I'm at uh, SchlossmanGF. Uh, so hopefully you, you all can spell that uh, <laughs> But,
1: uh, S-C-H-L-O-S-S-M-A-N. There you go. I got it for there everyone. <laughs> so, just type in the name. They'll find you. And then uh, also, when when can we start expecting some more episodes of the College Hockey Today podcast?
0: That's a very good guess, question. Guess. I'm going to have to text Nate and ask him. Um, usually, <laughs> I think we start um, the week before the season. And okay. uh, we kind of do a season preview. And then... Um, Uh, then the icebreaker comes and we get into that a little bit, but usually about uh, last week in September, maybe we'll get one going.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again so much for doing this, Brad, a lot of fun and really appreciate your insights into this. You got a great hockey mind and look forward to hearing some more about it this next year. So
0: for sure. It's fun to chat.
1: All right. Take care, Brad. Bye-bye.